Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we are coming to the end of the Paschal season, we are kind of bouncing around through the Gospel of John. Today, we had the reading, at least the beginning, as it doesn't go to the end. But the beginning of the miracle of our Lord in the transformation of the loaves for the feeding of the 5,000. The Gospel of John is, as you know, quite different from the three other Gospels. One of the helpful ways that I have encountered of how to understand or think about the Gospel of John as different from the other three is that the Gospel of John has, is basically a new creation story. Right? That's why it begins with, in the beginning. And we have a, a creation story, but also an exodus story. Because we have, right in the prologue, right at the very beginning of the first chapter, we have that God comes and tabernacles and is present with his people. And the climax or at least one of the climaxes, which kind of echoes what St. Athanasius is saying, that creation was finished when our Lord says, it is finished on the cross, is when Pilate says, behold the man, that we see the glory of the God-man. But we have in the Gospel of John, we have a series of miracles that John uses a particular language of signs. And this is one of the signs that our Lord transforms this bread into food for all that are gathered. These various signs, and I encourage you, because we don't read just straight through the Gospel of John, but we'll hop around. In fact, uh, tomorrow for the reading, we're going to skip ahead to Sunday practically. But we and move a little bit further actually in John, but when you get these chances to read the full account, because in our Lord's working of these miracles, they're not just feats of power; they are all signs pointing to who He is. One of the ways to read it through the Gospel of John is that John has and sees our Lord with the fullness of the revelation from Pentecost, so that there is you as the reader, and he as the author as you're reading, you know who our Lord is, right? He started off the prologue. But as he encounters people, it's all of these fascinating interactions, dialogues, a lot of adventures and missing the point, a lot of side comments, kind of humorous accounts of John saying, but of course, it's the thing right in front of you, right? Like, you should know this, but they can't see it, they can't understand it. And so when we encounter especially this transformation of the loaves, we are not surprised at what the reaction of the people are. Do you remember what the reaction of the people are? not going to be enough. 
And so, so at the beginning, right, you have the apostle saying, well, the food that we have is not going to be enough. After the miracle, after the sign, everyone's fed, we build 12 baskets. What happens? What does our Lord need to do? He needs to escape. Why does he need to escape? Without the stone. No, 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 no. They're not going to stone him. They want to do something else. They want to get a bunch of not more signs. They want more bread. They want more bread. And in fact, not only do they want more bread, they want the king who's going to constantly give them bread. Bread and circuses, right? <laughs> we want the gods. That's what he had the disciples for. That's why he wants to bring them together, right? This is what they... So, there's already, again, confusion. So our Lord has to escape we have a little side miracle of walking on the water. John is really focused on this. And then we come back, and the, the people are looking for him, and they find him, and they're like, where's the food? Which, of course, is echoing going back to the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman follows the thread and keeps where the apostles, right? What's for lunch? What's going on? I don't understand. And there comes, as our Lord is trying, in this encounter, he's trying. The, the patience of our Lord, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm trying to draw these people in. But what happens? He talks about the food, right? The bread being the bread of life. Very similar themes from other signs from the gospel. Probably one of the hardest passages is that you have disciples who decide that his words are too hard. They don't, they can't take it. And so they depart from him. They leave. We're also reading through the book of Acts. And we have today the beginning of a sermon. And I encourage you, a great exercise in getting down the basics and seeing kind of even the creedal structure of what we confess in the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed. It's just the sermons from the book of Acts and what is distilled and what is preached by the apostles. And what is the, the reaction? There's some who are following some who pick it up and say, tell us more, we want to know more, and they become disciples. And then there's others who, and this throughout Acts, right? Some follow, others want them to get out of Dodge, right? You better get out before we kill you. Or they throw them in prison. It's just this kind of constant. They preach. The encounter with our Lord is freeing, liberating, it takes us to the depths. But in that, it's a challenge. And if we don't find his words challenging, then we may need to ask ourselves a question of what exactly are we doing to sugarcoat, to ignore, to uh, wrap things around it such that we can't hear it penetrate us, that we can't allow it to possibly offend us. By offend, I don't mean some like faux pas. I mean where it takes us right at our heart. The word of the Lord, the gospel as it spreads, 
as we see throughout even the Gospels and encounter with our Lord, is, as the epistle tells us, it cuts straight to the bone. It divides. It's kind of like in the Old Testament where there's a need to clean the camp and you have, I believe it's Moses, where he says, basically all who are with me come and be with me and stand next to me. And there's a group that comes and then there is a cleansing. There is in our Lord's words and as we hear in the apostolic preaching, things that are going to touch us things that are going to possibly and hopefully offend us. The question is, what do we do with that? Where do we go? Do we push forward to him? As at the very end of this encounter of the miracle, it's Peter who says, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. There's nowhere else to go. You're it. Without you, what do we have? So may God encourage us, strengthen us, allowing his word, his presence, to cleave us to the very center, the bone and marrow, so that we can be cleansed and so that we can, with joy, as the apostles, as they left the town that they were driven out of, they left with rejoicing. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen.